Hello, and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. My name's Patrick Finn, and I'm here with Tommy Gibbons. Hold on, bitches. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I thought I'd try something different for a change. Instead of being the usual loud, rambunctious, I thought I'd try for like the more like the 70s DJ late at night kind of sound. Yeah, no. No, you didn't like it? Um, no. No? I'll go back to the original then? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Does the slider go halfway? The what? The slider. Does it go halfway? What, what's, what do you mean, the like slider? the slider, the volume control. Does it go halfway? No, it's it's recording me. Why? Never mind. Hey, bitches! <laughs> what's going on? What are you doing? What's happening? What's the list? What's the script? What's going on? Not much. It's been pretty quiet, actually. Good for you. Yeah, nothing really me too, too new or exciting going on, yeah, you know? Yeah, Nothing. Just that I found, well, the only new thing I found out was I'll play, I'll be directing next year, next, year, next you, October. You have it all set, it's ready to go. Yep, it's already been put on the schedule, the theater schedule, and I'm all set to direct it. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Yep. Excellent. Yeah, so I'm very happy about that. And the that. title of it is? The play is called The Weir. The Weir, explain written, it. Written by Connor McPherson. Okay. It's uh, basically, it's a play of Irish ghost stories set oh. in a bar in Ireland. <laughs> Irish ghost stories set in a bar. Like Connor McPherson. Right. All right. That's basically the whole premise of it. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Looking forward to that. Sounds like fun. Nothing else new with you? Uh, My mother worked for Doubleday, and they published uh, scripts. Okay. Published for... And she worked as a customer service person, and um, every time somebody returned a book, they would go on sale to the staff, no matter what the book was, for a quarter. Okay. So, sometimes the whole text would be written in in the same direction, but... The cover was upside down. Yeah. So people would return that. You pay twenty files for a book. I want the fucking cover to match the print on the inside. Right. You know? So she'd bring it home to me and I'd take the sleeve off, turn it or turn the book upside down, put the sleeve back on, and it was fine. But yes, yeah, so I have all of these plays and the weir was always one of them and I've never read it. Ah, it's a good play. I think you'd enjoy reading it. Uh I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Definitely do. It's worth it. Interesting. Irish ghost stories. Yeah. So are these ghost stories and somehow like reenacted on stage? No, no. Telling each person, I forget how what the premise is that they, they start telling the stories, but each story is is so, supposed to be like a reflection on the person telling the story, also. Okay. So it's like there are ghost stories. Really, they're about the living. Right. You know. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a very it's, it's a very simple story. You know, nothing. There's no big revelations or anything, but it's it's a worthwhile play to read and I'm a worthwhile gonna, play to see. I'm gonna do it. And when do you do it? In October of next year. Oh, so we're gonna be hearing about this fucking thing forever. For ten months, you'll be hearing about it. I can't wait. <laughs> What else you got? Well, that's about it. Otherwise, yeah, nothing else really too new. All right, so let's pet the dogs. So we'll go on to our first segment then, heavy petting. Heavy petting. Heavy petting it what is. What are we talking about this week? Well, I'm bringing up two new stories, which I, th- I think will help generate some conversation with us. You said the same thing last week. I hesitate when you do this. What? You shouldn't. It uh, went very well last time you did it. Yeah, and I, I, I know you are an Irishman with a dark sense of humor, and you're going to th- try to throw something in there on me. And no, but I, I reserve the right to veto. Uh, oh, do you? I do, I do, I do. Okay. Uh, especially all of these stories, only with the dogs. Okay. Well, this is a story where I came across it, and the headline caught my eye. It said, Stray Dog Saves Family from Fire. 
Okay. So, I read it says a stray dog saved this Virginia family after a fire broke out. The dog had a shelter five feet away from the family's home. The mother who lived in the home, she put in an electric lamp in this shelter, whatever it is, to keep the dog warm at night. Are, are you talking like a dog house or like a I shed? Yes, they, they only describe it as a shelter. Like a, like a like what else? Like throw some a lean to? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. They just like threw something together, I guess. Uh, I don't know. They electrified it for the dog. And then they put this electric lamp in there. Why not just take the dog in? Well, yeah, that would would make sense. But no, instead they did this. The lamp caught fire. I guess the shelter then caught fire. And this is five feet away from the house. Okay. So the dog was barking furiously at the front of the house where they were inside watching TV, whatever, and got them all out. The dog was, they, they they kept calling it a stray, but it's like, Okay, it's a stray dog, but you obviously provided it with shelter on or near or adjacent to your property. Alright, and you put in an electric lamp to keep it warm. So this was no longer a stray dog. This is a dog you were taking care of. Yeah. You know? It seems like. And I guess after all this happened, the dog they found had a chip and they found the owner of the dog. The dog had been missing since the summertime. Okay. But it's like, what is wrong with you people that you didn't take this dog in? Well, maybe maybe Sally Joe Hoobie was afraid, uh, was allergic or afraid, or maybe, you know, it was one of those, no, nah, I'll never have a dog in this house. Maybe right, the do dogs something there, else like than build a makeshift shelter for a dog. And then put in a, an electric lamp in there to keep him warm. If you're doing all that, then bring the dog inside. Some people can't do that, I think, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, aside from giving it a place to be out of the rain and something to keep it warm, what else could you do for a dog that you cannot take in? I don't know. Call the local dog shelter. Call a rescue group. Well, so, well, yes. Somebody. Would there are so many resources out there that you can call for a stray dog. See if it was chipped. You know. They, they, they could true. have gotten it to see if, if it was chipped, and it turned out it was chipped. Yeah. Louis you know? chipped. Is, is Abigail chipped? Yes, Abigail is chipped. Louis not chipped. Really? Yeah. No, we got her chipped with, like, the thing about the first week we had her. We got her chipped. Yeah. And we're very glad we have. Not so, like she's going anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Well, thank, thank God for that. Well, right? like, last week you were talking about stolen dogs. Yes. So... So, yeah, you're nice to know. Nobody's going to take Louie. Oh, I'm sure. Now, and if they take Louie... They're going to be sorry. <laughs> no, they'll bring him back in 10 minutes. So, all right, what else? What you got? The next story, this woman shows up at Tampa International Airport with her dog. It's an old dog. But she failed to bring the vaccination papers for the dog. And she failed to bring the fee to pay for bringing the dog on. What? Come on. And she was leaving from Tampa to go to Alabama and... She left the dog there and in the airport. Got on a flight without him. <laughs> so what happened to the dog? Well, they I guess the state authority or the airport people gathered the dog. The dog had been long neglected before this because it had several sores and Stop. an ear infection. Stop. Veto. Mm-hmm. Move on to the next story. No, that is that. That's the second story and final story. So then, it's now are we doing birthdays yet? Can we do birthdays? No, not now? yet. You don't want to hear the rest of the story. I do not want to hear the rest of the well, story. Well, the dog was fourteen years old. It turns out was microchip. Am I speaking English? And the dog was adopted. People, 
And now the state authorities plan on bringing, pressing charges against the woman who abandoned the dog. Okay, so here's the thing. Maybe a story like, so this woman was called with like an abused dog. No, no I don't want to hear about abused dogs. I can't. Mm-hmm. Why Look at my face. Go ahead, tell your story. It's over now, right? Yes. Birthdays? Oh, we're, now you're in a rush to go on to the birthdays. I can't wait for the birthdays. Wow, I can't believe this. This yes. is shocking. Yes, and so, so, so then I guess we are moving print. on to today's birthdays. Okay, is that the next in the sequence? Yes, it is. Okay, so then let's do that. Then we are. And Who was born today, Patrick? <laughs> it's, a, it's an actor. He was born on December 7th, 1915. He was born and raised in an Italian neighborhood of Brooklyn, the son of Polish Jewish immigrants who ran a candy store. Al Pacino. Neil nope. Simon. Nope. After graduating college, he studied acting under Sanford Meisner. But then he was drafted into the Army in 1940 and served in the Army during World War II. Hold on. I'm just going to need a second for the images to catch up. Okay. And then for a second for them to burn. After after the war, he became a founding member of the Actors Studio, where he studied under Lee Strasberg, and met his future wife, Anne Jackson. Oh my God! Can't believe you haven't gotten it yet. I can't believe I haven't gotten it yet either. He made his Broadway debut in nineteen forty-five. Boy, for this because he introduced a new bourbon, (laughs) so we may be able somehow to blame Bryce. Oh, for mixing bourbons? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He made his Broadway debut in 1945 and won a Tony for Best Featured Actor in a Play in 1951, starring opposite Maureen Stapleton in Tennessee Williams' The Rose Tattoo. Oh, my God. He has performed on Broadway and off-Broadway through the 1990s. His films include The Magnificent Seven, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and The Godfather Part 3. All right, so come on. How do I know? I know this person. You should know him. This happened to me last week with Mandy Patinkin, and that was really embarrassing, and I have a feeling this is going to be kind of the same. Did you see The Godfather Part 3? I, I Actually, one night, me and uh, uh, an old boyfriend and, a, and an old friend, Tom Riley, sat down, and we watched all six hours of it Okay. in a row, like in order, in a row, so the story went. Okay. I don't know what order the movies go in. I think it's two, one, well, the, three. Well, well, no, it's one, two, and three. They go in order. Two is split between two storylines. One in the past of Michael Corleone's father, how he became who he was, and then a whole storyline with Michael Corleone. And then three. And then three is Michael, after he's supposedly has left the family and is now trying to be a legitimate businessman. Okay, so yeah, so one that we watched all, like... That's the one I'm talking about this guy was in. Uh, 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 De Niro, De Niro is the same thing as Pacino to me. Okay. Is it them? No, it's okay. not them. So... He played Don Altobello. He's the one who chases after Joey Zaza before the big hit on the commission and the families up at the top of the hotel. You know what it is? Now I'm struggling too hard and I'm old. So the struggle itself is getting in the way of getting to the answer. So I'll just tell you his name. No, give me a first initial. E. Edward R. Murrow. No. Edward R. Murrow was not an actor. Um, give me his last initial. W. Holy fuck. Go, tell me. Eli Wallach. Oh, God. See, I, 
Yeah. Okay. So what happens here is what is the pro I like and respect E. Y. Wallach, and I recognize his contribution. He right. was always the sort of old middle-aged guy hanging around all of these hot Mediterranean-looking actors. Like that was his, <laughs> that was where he landed. Like he's he a great was, character actor. And he was yes, and he was sound. So I never really paid he him much. The ugly and the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, and so I never really paid that much of attention, that much attention to the ugly. Okay. Uh if I'm looking at the hot or the good or the bad. So, and you you do something like the, like this, I don't know who any of the women from The Godfather are. Teddy Shire, Diane Keaton. No, uh, it doesn't matter. I, wow. I, what I'm saying is, uh, happy birthday, Eli. He was 1915. Is he dead? He, he's, he died in uh, 2014. Well, if he wasn't dead, he'd be 100 and like he was 98. He was 98 when he died. 98. Yep. Jesus. Right? All right, Eli Whitney. Our next birthday celebrant, uh, also dead, born it's... December 7th, 1923, in Connecticut. After dropping out of high school. Wait, born on what day? December 7th, 1923. December 7th. Born in okay, Connecticut. Which will live in infamy. Which we'll get to. The United States. After dropping out of high school to enlist in the Army and, and serve in World War II, he Elvis. Had... He then known. He then studied acting in Hartford. He worked with puppets and ventriloquism, and landed a job in 1950 as a TV kid show host in Rhode Island. Okay, so stop. It's the Muppet guy. God damn it. Jim Henson. You Jim mean? Henson is what I mean. No, it's not him. He worked at various stations in Rhode Island and eventually Albany, and then he, before he moved on to Hollywood. He Waylon worked... Flowers. Who? Waylon Flowers. No. Good night. Nice guest though. He worked in various small film and TV roles in the 1950s and 60s, including playing the policeman who gives Norman Bates a blanket in 1960s Psycho. Oh, don't know idea. His claim to fame was as newscaster Ted Baxter in the oh, Mary Ted, Tyler Moore show. Ted Knight. Ted Knight. Sir, played Ted Baxter on the show's run from 1970 to 77. He was nominated for six Emmys, and he won twice in 73 and 76. He was hilarious. Yes, he was. He later starred on the, two, uh, the TV comedy Too Close for Comfort from 1980 to 86. With the daughters with the rainbow painted through their room. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also Jim J. Bullock was on that show as well. He was so hot, Jim J. Bullock. Really? You thought he was hot? Yeah, young, yeah. He did nothing for me. Yeah, he was kind of hot. Yeah, I, I, I thought him, he was hot. I found him kind of annoying on the show, at least, anyway. I think Outside Ted, of the show, he was great. I but think Ted show, Baxter's kind of hot. You found Ted Baxter hot? I like I like dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ted Baxter was dumb, man. You know, I, it's, there's an appeal to that for me, and the shrinks among you go wild. And I, you know, nothing can come up with I haven't. He also starred in the 1980 film comedy Caddyshack. Did you ever see that? Uh, that was with Rodney Dangerfield and, and, and Bill uh, Murray and Bill Chevy Murray. Chase. Okay, so there you got it. That's a full stop right there. Okay. Chevy Chase. Why is that a full, full stop? stop? Two of them. Chevy Chase, Kevin Bacon. And you know what? Nothing against either one of them. I'm sure they're both wonderful human beings, except I've heard through the grapevine over the years, what's-his-name Chevy Chase has a reputation for being less than God. Yes. He's never been mean to me. No. I don't enjoy his movies. Same thing with Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is in everything. So, I... Uh, but I don't think he has a bad reputation like... like he doesn't. Chase no, no, no. Adorable. Charming. I, I, his appearance on Will and Grace was, was cute. Right. And, uh, self-effacing and very funny. And, and I just don't like him in movies. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, 
that's just those two things. So so Chevy Chase will make me turn away from a movie theater. Okay. Well, did you see Caddyshack? I think I did in the 80s. Okay, yeah, well, that's when we came out, so 1980. Yeah, so I didn't hate it. I was only learning learning my dislike for Chevy Chase. Oh, okay. Back then. <laughs> anyway, Ted Knight died in 1986 from colon cancer. That's sad. Yes, it is. Died way too young. How old was he? He was um, 62. Oh, from where I'm sitting right now, that's not too old. No, it's not. We're getting closer to that. No, you're getting closer to <laughs> Go ahead, Mr. Tozon. We're now done with birthdays for are today. We, are we really? We really are. Those are the only two birthdays that I found interesting enough to talk about on the oh, show today. God. Well, there, who, who did you find uninteresting to talk about? Sour Burrells. Okay. <laughs> it's her birthday, too. I'm like, yeah. Happy birthday, Sour. Congratulations. Yeah, right. Ahead. Yeah, I know. I just, you know. Okay. Nah, didn't appeal to me. All right, so who's next? We now move on to... We are whizzing through this. Right, I know. We are now moving on to this day in history. Mm. And of course, today, 80 years ago, December 7th, 1941... A date that will live in infamy. Yes, the Japanese Imperial Navy Air Service launched a surprise attack against the U.S. naval base in Pearl Harbor in the then territory of Hawaii. Now, hold on. What what weight do you give the conspiracy theory that it was not a surprise attack? That FDR knew that it was coming and needed it to come. The country needed this war. I think it's a lot of crap. Do you? Yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe that he just turned a blind eye to what was going on. That he wouldn't sacrifice? No, I don't think he would do that. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't believe in those conspiracy theories. Okay. Yeah, I, there's really been no evidence of that anywhere. No, you that's what after, makes, You would think after 80 years they would have found some. Well, that's also what makes it a theory. Yeah. But, you know, nothing goes on with, you know, the, the decision came out of a discussion in his head. So my curiosity is is there. Yeah. But uh, anyway. But no, I don't, I really don't think, I mean, I think they knew it was inevitable that they were going to be drawn into the war. Oh, oh, yeah. But I don't think that they left the left the barn door open for it to happen. For it to like happen. That. I okay. don't think. I don't. I don't believe that. Never did. Then that's such a, a conspiracy. Th- well, I'm asking you now, but part of my mm-hmm. bringing this up was to ask you if such a thing had existed or had I made that. <laughs> oh no, no. There have been there. For, I think also in the beginning there were uh, there were conspiracy theories about that. That he let it happen. Right, yeah, so I didn't make but, it. I said, but there's been absolutely no evidence anywhere. Right, right, right. Of, of of that of that actually happening. Well, here's the thing, Patrick, and you may not like this, but we now live in an evidence-free world. I know. So you don't need to have evidence. You need to have somebody else to say, yeah. Yeah, I know. Maybe out in there, we're out in that world, but in this world here, Rachel Maddow, we still it. like facts and evidence here. Earth one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But the attack was not supposed to be a surprise attack. That the way the Japanese had planned it was, it was supposed to occur 30 minutes after Japan informed the U.S. that their peace negotiations were over. But okay. that didn't happen that way. And they, Somebody... ended up infor- they ended up showing up after the, the, the attack had already started. Okay, so that's premature militarization. Yeah, but also on the same day that the Japan... Premier, hold on, we got to come up with something. What is it? It's premature what? Premature... Well, you got to help me. We got to do this. Premature negotiation. No, no. <laughs> the attack itself. Uh, coming too soon. Well, invasion? 
What a, what, uh, a premature, premature ejaculation, ejaculation, <laughs> uh, premature evacuation, premature. What is the word? What premature annihilation? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so somebody pulled the gun, and the planes went when they weren't supposed to. Yeah, well, they no, they went when they were supposed to, but the, I guess the diplomats got delayed in delaying the message. That's what happened. So that whole thing was because the diplomats were late. Yeah. Was, that's what brought America into World War II and the attack on Well, them. no, the attack was going to happen well, anyway. The attack was planned, right, right, okay. The, their timing got fucked up. Okay. At the same time that Pearl Harbor got attacked that day, Japan launched attacks on the Philippines, oh. Guam, Wake Island, Malaya, Singapore, and Hong Kong. This is a full-scale attack huh. across the Pacific. Uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor started at 7.55 a.m. Hawaii time. Oh, that's just rude. Which is 12.55 p.m. New York time. Oh, that's okay. The attack lasted about 90 minutes. In that time... Wow. 2,335 men were killed, service members. Wow. <coughs> Could you over, imagine 90 minutes? 90 minutes. And over half of those uh, killed were killed by an explosion on the USS Arizona, which is the memorial, memorial. down there. On top of that, there were 1,143 wounded, four battleships were sunk, 14 other ships were damaged, and 188 aircraft were destroyed. Wow. It was quite a brutal attack on us. 90 minutes. 90 In 90 minutes. minutes. That's pretty amazing. That's horrifying. Yeah, right? And that 90 was the most, minutes. That was the highest scale attack like that as far as numbers of Americans killed up until 9-11. No, you're talking about number of Americans killed. I'm talking about 90 actual minutes of that horrible, horrifying attack noise, that, that feeling of yeah. alertness, that panic, that running for you, not knowing, that whole chaos for 90 minutes. Straight. Well, you can, loud. You can go on YouTube. You can watch actual footage of the attack. They have plenty of footage of it. Yeah, there's not a snowball's chance in hell I'm going to go do that. And there's also a movie called Tora, 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 which they made about the Pearl Harbor attack. You know what just turned uh, Which is really, really... Actually, it's really, really well done. It's that visceral, the feeling... Uh, What's-his-name did it really good with Saving Private Ryan? Or Saving Ryan's Steven Private... Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. There was a scene that opened the movie, and then the, when the attack happened, the invasion happened on Normandy. Right. And the use of sound... You know, the chaos that goes on, it's the loud, the screaming, the bombs, the exposing, and then the guy goes under water and there's nothing. Bullets come passing by him in the water. Okay, and he comes out and there's this loud screaming, yelling, and there's this craziness. And and it's just that that chaos. And I keep saying loud, but it's just that's horrifying to me. That's just horrifying. Yeah. Ninety minutes. Right? Can you imagine? Damn, girl. Damn. Right. And so, so wait, what happened to all those other places you mentioned? Well, a lot of them were taken over by, invaded by Japan, and eventually the Allied forces beat Japan back to its, to its mainland country. And what was Japan's, like, goal? Uh, basically, to, they needed more, uh, naturally, they needed more resources. They had no resources of their own in order, to, in order to sustain their war effort. So that's why they were attacking and invading other countries. Land. They needed land. They, they, needed, they resources. needed resources, you know? Especially, like, fuel, you know? Okay. Okay, Japan. You Now you sit down, Japan. But they got their ass kicked. Don't you? Don't you be. But now they're one of our one of our closest allies. Thank God for Japan. Seriously. Seriously. I know. Japan. 
Would you go to Japan? I'd have no problem going there. Why? It's just it's it's that that whole Asian continent. The food that it just it, it scares me. Why? Why does it scare you? <laughs> it's so foreign. I well, know. Yes, of I course. Know. It's the, it's zero it's about Asia. It. Yeah. It's like you don't you know you don't it's like you don't know that you know zero about it. Just that you're not exposed to that culture. Anymore. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, None of us are, but that's going anywhere well, around the world. Some of us are. I mean, Japan, you know, a lot of people know Japanese. Yes, they do. So, ah, interesting. So, what's next? You can't what's just next? nod with a <laughs> evil grin on your face. The people on the on the outback who listen to us on their wind-up Well, radio. this is also a day of infamy for another reason. Back on December 7th, 1993... A uh, Jamaican emigre named Colin Ferguson. Oh God, this son of a bitch! Boarded the Long Island Railroad train eastbound on the uh, Ronkonkoma line, I believe. Um, he stopped and to go to as city. it was pulling into the Maryland Avenue uh, station. Right, right, right. He pulled out a gun. He ended up murdering six people and injuring nineteen others. The train could not have been more crowded. Yeah, because it's during rush hour. It's a rush hour train. And traveling east. Yeah, and people had no idea, you know, they the people running the trains had no idea until people started running forward through the train. Of course not. Like like we said last week, nobody knows there's a shooting until the first person's dead. Yeah. And now you're in a train car. Now you're in a train car. A moving train car. Uh, and you have those two sets of heavy doors you got to open between the cars. Yeah, and he's standing. You have the narrow aisle you're running through, full of people. Full of the, the, the and aisle. there are people standing by the by, by the door area that exactly opens right. up to the platforms. There's no there is no spare space. No, it's it's you're in it's just yeah. So so I, now I'm thinking. In my my head just put the two things together, and I just saw a recent video of the Japanese subway system and how they fill the cars in the Japanese. Oh, I've seen <laughs> that. Right. That's unbelievable. That's so funny. Oh my god. That's so funny. But uh, he was eventually he was taken down by passengers. Right. Uh, he was arrested and everything. He had attorneys for a while, but then he chose to defend himself. Attorneys William Kunstler and Ronald Covey tried to defend him. God bless and they me. wanted to plead an insanity defense of black rage, but both the judge and Ferguson rejected it, and Ferguson fought for his right and won to defend himself. And so I said, that for him? not really well. No, I can't imagine it. Did. Uh, basically, he was known for talking about himself in the third person. Okay. His questioning of the actual victims on the witness stand, okay. which was kind of just so surreal. Uh-huh. You're being questioned by the man the who, shot who shot you. Yes. I remember something about one of them saying. He referred to himself in the third person and say, so the defendant shot, stood up and shot him. No. The, the, you. Yep. Stood up. Yeah. Uh, it was that was which was a big yeah. thing at the time. I don't remember any specifics. About there didn't that seem to be any rhyme or reason. He just seemed to be just drawing things out. Um, he really couldn't prove anything, you know. Where is he, was, he now? Well, he's he's still serving jail. He was convicted in 1995 on six counts of murder, 19 counts of attempted murder. He was sentenced to 315 years and eight months to life. Which means his earliest possible parole date is August 6, 2309. Okay. Kyle uh, Ferguson. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking? Isn't a train, everybody in that train a victim of an attempted murder? Everybody in that train car. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he didn't try to shoot. At, like, well, that's not, there was no target. 
it was whoever was there. It was just random targets. He yeah. was just pretty much machine gunning back and forth. A machine gunning was it? It was no. It had to be a no. No, it wasn't a machine gun. It was I forget what kind of gun it was. But, but it was an automatic. Yeah. Self loading, clickety clicky. Well, we can look it up and find out. We can look it up. Let's go to the Wayback Machine. We don't use the internet enough. <laughs> And I think it's because we need an intern. Oh, we do, huh? Somebody who can keep up with the conversation uh, on the web. Well, maybe when we make some money, we can actually hire an intern. Let's see. What, what, what don't you understand about the word intern? You don't hire an intern. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It was a semi-automatic pistol. Semi-automatic pistol. Yep. Oh, so he wasn't... That's crazy. But I, I, I maintain that everybody... Because there was no one target, he was shooting them randomly. Right. Any one of them was a target. Yeah. Of an attempted murder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. What's your point? I don't think he was charged enough. Oh. I don't think his sentence was long enough. 2304? 23, well, that's his earliest parole date is 2309. Well, that's his first parole date. So yeah. He won't be out before 2320. He's not getting out of the period. He's okay. going to be dying there, you All know? Right. So, and the last thing on uh, this day in history, this is more uplifting. Today... Well, December that's Pearl Harbor and Colin Ferguson. So in order to get more uplifting. This is definitely more uplifting. You're pretty much, the bar is kind of low here, Patrick. No, I, well, obviously. But on December 7th of 1995, the orbiter probe called Galileo arrived at Jupiter. Galileo. After being launched on October 18th of 1989. Galileo. Galileo Figaro. Galileo Figaro. It would study Jupiter. So wait, hold on. We let, we 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 sent it up when ninety five in uh, eighty nine. Eighty nine, and it landed ninety five. Yep. Where in Jupiter? On Jupiter. So it took six years to get to Jupiter. Yes. Okay. That's about right. It's a long I, ways away. I, I've never been, so I have no way of judging. This was the first spacecraft to orbit Jupiter. Oh, it orbited. Yep. Because okay. it didn't land on the planet. Because I think the planet's mostly gas as it is. But it's studying... Sounds like it, me. It's right, yeah, that's the truth. Studying the planet, also its moons, and also two nearby asteroids. Yeah, that's something else I don't know anything about. Pretty much it's the entire Asian continent and all of outer space. I don't know anything about anybody else. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about outer space. Okay. You don't know any... Well, you know there's a moon. I know there's a moon. You know the nine planets are, I know, right? I know that there are nine planets. Okay. I have to sing the song from Blue's Clues... Okay. To do them in order, and I will not, so don't. Oh, come on. No, there's no way. Oh, you know, uh, the sun's a bright star. <laughs> Jupiter's bright, too. No, not Jupiter. Mercury's bright, too. Venus is the brightest. Earth's home to me and you. Mars is the red one. Aren't we going to break a copyright law? <laughs> not the way you're performing it, no. Mars is the red one. Mars is the... Was that the Mars? I don't know. I don't know the song. Well, you know the planets, don't you? You smartass with a college degree. What's after Mars? It's Mercury. It's home to me and you. Mars is the red one. Jupiter's really wide. Neptune... No. Venus has... No. I don't know. I don't know the song. Clearly. But do you know the order of the planets starting from the sun? No. Well, I think it's Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars... Jupiter... Jupiter, Saturn, Saturn Neptune, Neptune, and then Pluto Uranus. when Pluto. Oh, yeah, Uranus, Uranus and, then and then Pluto when Pluto was still a planet. Pluto. Uh, is it a. Uh, 
it's no longer. I think it was no longer classified as a planet. And then didn't they sort of feel bad for it and bring it back? Like and they called it like a dwarf planet, millennial yeah. fucking participation. I know, trophy. right? Here's for being a really big rock. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this that's the end of this day in history. You know what I do know? Something weird about. I think maybe talking about more time. With some that? of those planets, some of the outer ones, haven't yet done a full orbit of the sun in all of recorded human history? Oh, I think they have. Oh, I don't think they have. I think they have. Oh, I don't think they have. I think they have. I don't think it's going to take them thousands of thousands of years to make one complete revolution around the sun. I think you're wrong. I don't think so. Google web this shit. I'm going to look at Pluto. Pick one. Look pick, at Pluto. Pick, pick. Let's look at Pluto. Pluto. so defending it so much. How long does it take Pluto to revolve around the sun? Ladies and gentlemen, you have 30 seconds. Orbit. 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 Uh, its orbital period is 248 days. Around the sun? Uh, that's what I'm assuming. No, that can't be right. Well, I can't see why it's not. Because it takes us 365, and we're a couple of miles closer. But it's on a different type of orbit. No, I don't think you're right. I, 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 I'm I just reading what's here, so... Yeah, well, it's a conspiracy. That's false news. <laughs> Fake news. Anyway, we now move on to what day is it? It is National Cookie Day. Well, you're close. You're close. Okay, go ahead. It's National Cotton Candy Day. Yes. Do you like cotton candy? Yeah. What's not to like? Nothing. I love cotton candy. Yeah. yeah. It's made by heating and liquefying sugar and spinning it centrifugally through minute holes by which the sugar then rapidly cools and solidifies into fine strands. All right, I don't understand any of that. That's <laughs> way too sciencey for me. <laughs> but that's on. the process. So you take the sugar and you heat it. And you liquefy it. And you liquefy it. You got to heat it to liquefy it. Right? Yep. Okay, so then you spin it centrifugally. Yep. Okay. C- centrifugally. And then there's holes in what you're spinning it in. I so Correct. It's like a big salad spinner. I guess. I don't know what the shape of it is. So. Okay, so then the, the liquid goes into these holes, theoretically, I guess? I guess, because of the... Cools. Yep. And comes out another hole as strung pink candy? I guess so. I don't know. And then you just catch it on the paper cone and but, yeah. charge $3. Yep, exactly. That's amazing. Some claim it originated in Italy in the 15th century. Okay. All right, how? Uh, what do you mean, how? Like, how did they get the centrifugal force to cool? Well, they, they didn't, them? I'm sure they didn't make it quite the same way back then. They, they called it, and also the back then they called it what they called spun sugar. So yeah. it probably wasn't quite the same thing as okay. what we know. As cotton candy. But machine spun cotton candy was invented in 1897 by a dentist named William Morrison and confectioner John Wharton. Can we take a second here for that? Yes. The dentist. A dentist. Go ahead. And they first, it was first introduced as. Does that seem like a like a like a conflict of interest to you that a dentist should go out and market cotton candy? Well, he's generating business for himself. I understand that. And isn't there, isn't there a line about that in which we we? People I don't live? think there's anything that prevents a dentist from going into the confectionery business. Wow. <laughs> Do you think there should be? Well, I don't know. It's really something for the board of dentistry to decide, I guess, that there is any kind of yeah. national board. Those self-governed groups. 
But anyway, peer, peer, peers. Their invention was first introduced. Peer, peer, peer. Oh my god! Sorry, sorry. But that's not peer. That's pish, pish. What does that sound? With the gun, the, the laser gun. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Told you, I'm not a science fiction geek. Anyway, their product was first introduced as fairy floss at the 1904 World <laughs> Fair in St. Louis. Wait. <laughs> Yes. You can't say fairy floss and not, ex- not give me a second. <laughs> All right. I got a few images I got to work out. Go ahead. Another dentist. <laughs> fairy named, floss. Another dentist. That'd be a good drag name. Fairy floss. Fairy floss. <laughs> fairy floss. Come on, all in pink. <laughs> pink cotton balls. Go ahead. What happened to Another us? dentist named Joseph Lasco invented a similar cotton candy machine in 1921, and he called his confection Cotton Candy. And that's the name that stuck. And what the story is, dentists played both sides of the fucking fence. <laughs> yes, they did. Two dentists did. At least two. All right, Alan. Good for them. And then the first automated... Candy, I'm horrified, but good for them. The first automated cotton candy machine was used in 1978. Okay, so right now I stopped because I, my impulse was to ask, how do you automate it? And then my brain said, you really don't care, so let this one go. <laughs> so I think that's what I'm going to do. That's, I'm going to go, that go with B. Okay. Okay. We now move on to our next segment in which we take a look into my briefs. Oh. Oh, this was the this is a Ryan White anniversary. It is. Mm-hmm. His birthday. It's a Ryan White day. Okay. Today, I believe. I sound so certain of myself. I, yeah, I don't think so. I didn't see anything about him today. I'm a Google Webbit. You go Google Webbit. All right, go ahead. Well, recently, the Justice Department announced that it is closing its investigation into the 1955 murder of 14 year old Emmett Till. Oh, this this. This is... It's horrible injustice. For those who don't know the story, Emmett Till was a 14-year-old boy who um, was alleged by a woman named Carolyn Bryant Donham that Till had whistled at her, grabbed her, and made sexual advances on her while working at a store. He, of course, denied this, but um, he was eventually apprehended and beaten and tortured and hanged. And lynched. then they, and he what? Was absolutely lynched. Yeah, and then they tossed his body into the river. At the time, two people were tried for his murder: Roy Bryant, the husband of the accuser, and his half brother J. W. Millam. But the all white jury acquitted them. Yes, and they are both now deceased. It sounds like the Justice Department was looking into whether charges could be, charges could be filed against the original accuser because some years ago a book came out. Which said that she confessed that she lied. That she lied, but the author had no notes to document her saying this, and of course she denied that she said it. Uh, she's still alive; she's in her eighties. But the Justice Department felt that it could not prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Donham lied. So, how does she live with herself? How do any of them live with? How does any of them? How, do they, how does that jury live with itself? It's it's um his his wake. Emmett Till. Yeah. Um, he yeah, was so disfigured. Well, yeah. So, his his uh, mother purposely made sure he was yeah, o- had an open casket. They wanted to close his casket, and his and mother she said, said no. no. Let them see what they did to him. Yep, exactly. Exactly. 
It's a horrible story. It's and it's and it's not over because there are people who are still alive. Yep. Yeah, I don't know who else may have been involved Doesn't in matter. the actual yeah. murder and stuff, but oh. like I said no one else is get no one else is now getting tried for it or even arrested no, for there, it. Or anything. No one. And what, that's what, the shame what, of it. It's a a shameful, horrible chapter that everybody should know about. Yeah. And this is what they want to like this conversation, this thing is is I think the core of the fight against that new education thing. Oh, the, the uh, critical race theory. Critical race theory. This is exactly what they don't. Well, want no, the critical. Well, they're the, the the racists in our country are using critical race theory as an excuse not to teach any kind of black history, history concerning slavery, the history of racism in the United States. This is all an excuse to not teach any of that in high schools. In high schools, elementary, any of the schools. The point is, nowhere in this country is critical race theory taught in high schools. No. It's considered either college level or law school. It's Yes. And it's, like you said, law school, it's a pretty specific area. Exactly. It's not just... It is not this wide, rampant... It's not this, we're anti-white and we're going to show you why. It's not that. No. It's looking at the actual history of the foundations of this country and how it was built... On racist ideas. Which is a legitimate area of study, considering the facts we know about it already. You look it at something like if somebody wanted to go study, you know, the the the, the girth of a of a fly penis, the fuck do I care? Right. What kind of rule are you using? Yeah. Well that was like someone brought up and because I forget what news news story I saw a clip of in this report is questioning this teacher about well, saying critical race theory, does that mean, you know, we can't, you can't, what about the three-fifths compromise in the Constitutional Convention, which counted slaves as three-fifths of a person? Right. That was a totally racist idea that was included as a compromise to keep the South in. Written into does that the mean Constitution. That, does, that, does that mean that can't be discussed? And she's like, humana, 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 humana. Well, that's the point, is anything that could, anything that might make the the white children, now, they're gonna gussy up the pig I'm about to say. Oh yeah. Okay, so there's not it's not just white children. It's a, why should these children feel guilty for their ancestors' actions? And isn't teaching this just making people feel bad? And aren't you pointing out my child individually to feel bad because of who or what she is? And isn't that exactly what this whole thing is supposed to be against? Ah, blah 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 blah. But the point is history is history. And yes, history is written by the winners, okay? Um, but, but we have whatever written history we know that is documented history that we know yeah. we should learn from. Of course. But no, it's going to make Tiffany feel terrible about her grandpappy's grandpappy. Because they want to literally whitewash history. Exactly. That's the point. Yep. That it, and, and and it's clear now. It, there's no hiding it. They, they're they're not even denying it. No, they're not. They're not. Um, but it is an attempt to create an an, an ethnic state. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's awful. That's just awful. I know. Awful. Where are people supposed to go if they can't go to America? Where are they going to go? Good question. So I saw pictures on your television just before of floods in Africa right now. Right. Holy fuck. Where are those people going to go? I know. What cha- they, they, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, we now move on to the, the next story and look into my briefs. A former- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ryan White was born yesterday, December 6th. December 6th. Was oh, Ryan okay. White's birthday. Okay. 
Now we know. Oh, yeah, research uh, got back to me finally through the piece <laughs> in my ear. Oh, okay. They talked to me, the producers off stage. Is that what's coming out of your ear? Yeah, so, well, I don't know, but there's something. <laughs> Should I have that looked at? Okay. Anyway, a principal in a Minnesota school oh, God. says she was removed from her position for displaying an LGBTQ pride flag, and she's now suing the school district. Mary Kay Thomas was the principal of Marshall Middle School for 15 years. Is this a public high school? A public middle school? Public school. Okay. And where? In Minnesota. Okay. Earlier this year, she put up a flag display representing various marginalized communities including an autism flag, tribal flags, and a pride flag. After refusing requests to remove the pride flag, the district removed it in August, and Harris was put on indefinite voluntary leave, suspended without pay, and a notice of deficiency was put in her personnel file. She was then demoted to a special projects position and put on a year-long performance improvement plan. Prior to all this, she had consistently received po positive job performance reviews, and she's now suing for reinstatement and damages. Okay, so so she is a principal of a middle school in Minnesota. Yep. In 2021. Yep. And with the tradition of hanging flags appropriate to whatever days were national in national indigenous day well no she national... did a, she did a whole display in the cafeteria oh, all of all once. these flags i got it all at once yeah and because of that display she has suffered these consequences because of the one because of the one flag in the display it was the one pride flag yep. it was the gay flag yep okay let me ask if if she was the uh union jack included uh, well, this is also a display of flags from marginalized communities. Marginalized communities. So right I don't think the Union Jack would have been there. Oh, uh, okay. The Confederate flag. The Confederate flag wouldn't would have, not been, have there. been there. We don't consider that a marginalized community. community. Okay, that's fair. And because of the rainbow, she has suffered all these consequences. Yep. Yeah, Because yeah, of that yeah. one flag. And the Board of Education or, or the superintendent? Well, the school district basically the... did all this and basically pushed her out of her position. Okay. Uh, so now she's suing. And she, wants to be, she wants to be reinstated and get damages. Well, yeah. I don't know if she's going to be reinstated. I don't know if I'd want to go Would back to that school. Would you want to go back? I don't know if I'd want to go back there. I don't know if I'd want Knowing to go back Knowing that's the attitude they have? No. I don't, I, unless you feel like, you know, you can stand on the mountain and plant your flag, flag and God bless those Which, people. I mean, she was there for 15 years. Right. She's obviously a part of the community, and She you was know? a principal. Yeah. Yeah. A, a middle school principal in... And she was a teacher for 12 years before that. Minnesota. Right, so, yeah, she got her bona fides. Right? Exactly. Oh, that's fucking terrible. Yeah. People suck. Yes, they do. We now move on to our next segment, We Like to Watch. Oh. Did you watch anything new or exciting this week, Tommy? No, I did watch, uh, I'm an episode away, I'll, I'll finish it tonight, of The Great. Ah, yes. Okay, I've been watching that this, also. The season finale I will watch Oh, yeah, we, we're, we, are, we're on, we are on there yet. Um, and then I went back to, because these algorithms, man. They fucking get you. Yes, I know. So I went back to watch Will, which is about William Shakespeare. It's like the punk rock William Shakespeare. Oh, okay. How was that? Uh, it's it's not as good as The Great. Okay. But it's that same sort of energy, uh, Shakespeare-centered. Okay. It's fun. It's silly. Uh, nothing else, really. No? What else was on? Um, I watched another episode of uh, Canada's RuPaul Drag Race. Ah, uh, of course. 
Britain is over. What's so, over? yeah, uh, the the uh, UK version of Drag Race. Oh, okay. The one that he hosts. Okay. He don't host Canada. He can't host all of them. It's ridiculous to expect. Now when they all air, like, every two weeks, there's a new one. Yeah. Italia just added a new episode, Drag Race Italia. Okay. Do I have to tell you what that looks like? <laughs> I can only imagine. Good Lord. And the pit crew. I love the pit crew. <laughs> Spain had by far the hottest pit crew. Ooh. Amazing. Amazing. All right, what have you been watching? Uh, not a whole lot of good stuff, I can tell you. There is a lot of television. Well, we there were a couple of things we watched on Netflix, which, because... They were like top on the like the top ten list or whatever, and they looked promising. One was we watched this horror movie on Netflix called No One Gets Out Alive. Okay. And it's all about this young woman. She's an illegal immigrant, and she's in, I don't know where in the United States, probably somewhere in California, and she ends up in this crappy apartment building that's for women only, and these two men run it. It's just, it, it was just... And there's a creature in the building that it's just, I don't even want to go on talking about it. It was just so dragged out. It was like more about this woman being an illegal immigrant and facing all the troubles that she was having, which was a horror show in itself. And then they throw in these two creepy brothers and the monster in the basement, and it just didn't really do anything for me. I was kind of disappointed. So it was bad. Yeah, it was not, it was not a great horror film. Okay. Really wasn't. Then. films run a. They they walk a tight line horror films. Yeah, because if they're bad, they they there's a there's a regular movie bad, and then there's a horror film bad. Well, well Netflix like they meant it seriously, and oh girl, Netflix seems to specialize in bad horror films. Sometimes. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah, I just I don't I can't recall many that I can say. Oh, what a good horror movie that was! It's amazing how many producers there are. The amount of television is staggering. Oh, it's too much. Too much television. It's too much. And thank God, I love it. I think it. I think it's fucking awesome. I never know what to watch. I know. Yeah, I can't keep up. But there's so much, and some of it is really, really good. And, and some of it's you not. Know, you know what happened is I think the internet took away the idea of a broad audience and made niche things, yeah, profitable yep. somehow, yeah. Well, definitely. Not, not everybody in America is going to sit down at 8 o'clock on a Thursday night and watch The Great. No. Of course not. But not, And not everyone's going to be sitting down and watching a Marvel movie either, you know? No, no, no. Getting back, I watched this movie called Red Notice on Netflix. Red Notice? Yes. It starred Dwayne Rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot. Do we have to call him Dwayne The Rock for the rest of our lives? Can well, he either be The Rock or can he be Dwayne? He's one to be Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Not everyone just knows him as Dwayne Johnson. They don't know who I'm talking about. Yeah, Dwayne That's why Rock. everyone says Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That's what everyone knows him as. Could you imagine? What's, what's your nickname? I'm the Rock. <laughs> He's a hottie, though. Yes, he is. WTF. So I said he was in this movie. All three of them were. It's like this. I'm sorry. Who were the other two? Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I like him. And Gal Gadot. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. I like all three of them. All three of them are good. Yeah, you can't. Well, you know. The premise is it's like it's this like these competing jewel thieves, and they're looking for this artifact. Um, these Egyptian stone heads. He cleared Patrick's head or whatever. And it's a movie. Yeah, it's a movie, and it just got more ridiculous as it went on and predictable. So, and at the end, the end of the movie is like, oh, all right, they're already setting up for a sequel. Yeah, so... They already set up for a sequel. It's like, yeah, this, the movie, it was like, 
It's good enough to like lay down on the couch and watch if you have nothing else better to do. It's a rainy day. You can throw this movie on and just check your brains in the door. Something to fall asleep to. Yeah. Like I use podcasts. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> but, I am not getting like I said, it's, it's good, but it's, it's just, eh. You know? Disappointing. Could have been better. Okay. We now move on to our next segment. Celebrities saying stupid things. Dun, 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 we dun, haven't dun, touched dun, this one in a while. Dun, 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 dun. And I don't know why, because we can have to... Why don't we just do grumpy old gay men and their dogs talk about celebrities doing stupid things? We can do that. And save me the fucking birthday. <laughs> Never. So anyway, what, what did you, what once again, it's a politician. This is one is Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. He was on the Fox uh, Fox radio show hosted by Brian Kilmeade. I don't know if you know who he is. No. He hosts the Fox Morning Show okay. with Steve Ducey. He's, just, he's a, a himbo. Anyway, it was on December 1st, World AIDS Day. Is he hot? No. And Johnson was complaining that public health experts like Dr. Fauci were trying to create a state of fear to maintain control amid concerns over the Omicron variant. He then went on to say, by the way, Fauci did the same exact thing with AIDS. He overhyped it. He created all kinds of fear, saying it could infect the entire population when it couldn't. And he's using the exact same playbook with COVID, ignoring therapy and pushing a vaccine. Now, for those of us who lived during the beginning of the AIDS epidemic, here's a refresher of the timeline. The first New York Times story about AIDS appeared in 1981. The virus was not identified until 1983 in France and 1984 in the U.S. The first commercially available HIV test came out in 1985. AZT, the first antiviral drug, came out in March 1987. By the end of 1987, there were over 50,000 AIDS cases and over 40,000 deaths in the United States alone. So I don't want to hear any bullshit about him overhyping it or creating fear or because if he overhyped it, they would have come up with all of this a lot quicker than 1987 before they were able to come up with the first fucking antiviral drug for AIDS. It's what happens when politics stand in the way of healthcare. Right? That's exactly what, what it is. And no, that is not an argument against politically run health care. No. Health care should be universal. It should be right. It should be non-political. Yeah. It should be non... Okay. I want to say it should be non-profit. I understand how non-profits work to a certain degree, and that is that they make no money. So, right. You know, you sort of want a doctor to, to make some money. They deserve, for, you know, you're not paying a doctor for what he did right now. You're paying him for learning how to do right. what he did right exactly. now. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. And they, but yeah, no, it's, this is, there's nothing to say to this. This is That's a, well, a for mind people who, that is turned off. For people who want to see, see more about what happens when politics gets involved in healthcare, read Randy Schultz's 1987 book, And the Band Played On. Oh. Uh, because that documents the whole epidemic from 1980 to 85. And it documents all the indifference from the government and the infighting. Because the people who were being well, initially couldn't... infected 
were marginalized groups. It was gay people, it was Haitians, it was uh, drug Drug addicts. So that was, that had a lot to do with the inadequate response to AIDS. Because it was okay that they died or got infected. Or, yeah, it it wasn't, it it didn't become really, really important. Really important. Yeah. Until Rock Hudson. Yeah, unfortunately, it took Rock Hudson dying before they put a recognizable face, like, oh my God, we... A white man died of AIDS. And, and, yeah, and this strong, virile, he was <coughs> a heartthrob of hundreds of millions of people for a generation or two, and Rock Hudson, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, Rock, uh, yeah. It's a disgrace. It's, yeah. It, it's a, and it's what happens when, when um, medicine is politicized. Science should not be political. Science is not political. Nope. Well, as they asked Fauci what his response was to all this, and he responded... Overhyping AIDS, it killed over 750,000 Americans and 36 million people worldwide. How do you overhype well, well, that? I, yeah. Then he said, overhyping COVID, it's already killed 780,000 Americans and over 5 million people worldwide. So I don't have any clue what he's talking about. But just knowing that 750,000 people have died since roughly 1980 from AIDS, and that was, what, 40 years ago? And And in two years' time, the same amount of people have died from COVID. And we're proud. It's insane. Let those people work. Let those people figure it out. Right? Because they're going to figure out. How did you get... The the virus, I've heard an argument from anti-vax people, which is that it takes years and years to develop and approve a vaccine. How do you do it so quickly? And which is valid. Yes. Let them work. Let those people work. And when you take away, uh, for certain circumstances, you take away the regulation. And that's how that happens. The scientists are there. I think the scientists are to some, like the nerdy scientist guy who's doing it to fight to figure out the question and answer the question, whatever the question is. Um, They're they're doing the work and they don't care. They don't care. They want the answer. And they don't care what's going on around them. And that work is taken and used by whoever owns it because it sure ain't the nerd scientist. Yeah. So let those people do their job and and let them work because they're the savior. Sorry, that, that guy's the savior. Yeah. He's going to figure it out. Um, take away all of the regulations, all of the hoops, that, which I think should be in place. And I think there are certain circumstances, certain emergencies, where if this guy runs up from the basement, holding the, uh, Eureka, I right? found it, turn around and listen to him, and, and maybe we should do what he says. Which is not to say that there are not mistakes. No, of course not. Uh, there is no reason to think that there are mistakes in this current situation with the vaccine. Or what they're telling us about the disease and where it is and who it's hitting. and Yeah. Uh, it's pretty clear. <laughs> it's pretty clear. I know. Uh, and, of course, I, you know, I, like everybody, I'm, I'm selecting my news. So I'm hearing about uh, that it is there are more cases in places that are resistant to the vaccine. Right, yeah. That's what's coming up in the news now. That's, what, that's, that's the news that I'm watching is giving me. Okay, I don't know what the news that somebody else is watching is giving them, but but what I'm hearing, 
Well, somebody told me. I can't be responsible for that. Somebody told me. Uh, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I saw a news story today about some doctor, I forget what university, saying that we're going to keep on having variants until these, until the vaccination rates increase. Could you imagine scientists pulling their hair out their head saying, this is like the first thing we learn in science class? Yeah. <laughs> This is the first thing we learned. Right? How could you not grasp it? I know. People think the earth is flat. Do you believe that... Do you, like, do you honestly believe that there are people who honestly believe that the earth is flat? Do I believe that they exist? Yes. You do? Yes. You don't think that they're pulling something? You don't think that they're lying? You don't think that they're trying to be controversial? You think that they honestly believe in their heart and their soul, in their knowledge and their mind, that the earth is a flat surface? Yes, I believe they do believe that. Okay. If there's one thing I've learned is that people will believe anything they want to believe. I think we just stumbled upon a new segment. What's that? If there's one thing I've learned, <laughs> we can alternate. If there's one thing I've learned, I, I it seems so ridiculous. To I me. know. I but know. then again, I, 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 I will say I am fully aware about how. Ridiculous and dangerous, I seem to the people who I see as ridiculous and dangerous. Okay. You know, I understand that. I see that. I recognize that. I just don't agree with them. I know. <laughs> what do you got for me next? We now move on to five phase. Right. You know what? There's not enough wine here. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this topic. Okay. So I'm just going to. I'm just, Christmas. Yes, the topic today is your five favorite Christmas movies. I don't have five favorite Christmas movies. How can you not have five favorite Christmas movies? I don't like Christmas. <laughs> okay, when we get to my gripe of the week, maybe you'll learn something new about me. I don't like Christmas. Ooh. I never did. Even as a kid, I remember I told you the story last week. I don't, I'm not a fan of Christmas uh, as the brightest target, which it most naturally is, or that whole holiday season thing. Okay. Okay, I am not a fan. Okay. Okay. I like the idea of celebrating a harvest. Okay. That sounds fun. Okay, the rest of the time, get a blanket, get some hot chocolate, shut the fuck up, and stay cold, buckle down until the sun come out. Okay, that's, that's where I'm coming from. So I don't like this whole Christmas thing. The hypocrisy, the whole... The, the whole... Ignoring the religious, ah, what the fuck does a pine tree have to do with the birth of Christ? Zero. What I mean, the time of year is wrong. Everything about it is wrong. It's like everybody's gonna say, "Yeah, we're all gonna believe this lie." Happy, and we're gonna. I hate. It. I hate it. I hate. It. Okay. Well, with that in mind, tell us what your first choice is for your favorite Christmas movie. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Mean the actual movie. The one with Jim. Unless I'm allowed to use the cartoon. No, no, that was a TV special. Okay, in that case, I'm talking about the one with Jim Carrey. Okay. Okay, except for the last 20 minutes. You sure it was Jim Carrey in it? Jim Carrey. See, I don't think it was Jim okay. Carrey. I Let's will. go to the Wayback Machine. You're so wrong. People will, people, if, we, if, we, if we were like popular and people knew who we were, people would point at you and laugh in the street that you did not know that that was Jim Carrey. Because I never saw the film. And it's Jim Carrey. <laughs> Imagine. Who knew? I didn't. I knew. Well, I didn't. I told you. You didn't believe me. No. We needed Wikipedia. Okay, so 
Where were we? Yes, except for the last 20 minutes of that movie. I love it. What? What's wrong with the last 20 minutes? That's when he gets soft and goes back to them. <coughs> he hugs them and he sings. And, and my heart goes reset. That's the whole end. The little, little Betty Sue who okay. breaks his heart and he becomes soft and joins everybody. Okay. Yeah, I don't like it. No, you don't like it. No, so, so, but that's my first one. Okay. The first twenty, the the the, the first like ninety minutes maybe uh, of the Halloween Show Christmas. Okay, my first one is a nineteen forty film. Uh, no, Natalie Wood. Nope, it's called The Shop Around the Corner. Why did I think you're not going to pick things like It's a Wonderful Life? And- no, It's a Wonderful Life. It's just like that's beyond you know. It's just like a given. That's it's a stipulation. Great. Yeah. So, no, I went with this one because it starred Jimmy Stewart and Margaret Sullivan. Okay, that sounds familiar. It's a good, it's an, actually, I watched it for the first time maybe about two years ago, and it's all about this, I guess, gift shop in Budapest, and Jimmy Stewart and Margaret Sullivan are clerks in this shop who don't get along with each other. Stop. But, this is the musical. Well, yes, it's it became the basis for the musical. Okay. And but they're also both having a secret, secret romantic affair correspondence with somebody with a pen pal. And it turns out they're each other's, other's pen pal. Yeah, it's a brilliant story, which it's of course became the basis for uh, the musical "She Loves Me." She, yes, and also the movie uh, "You've Got Mail" with uh, Tom I, Hanks and uh, what's her name? I didn't see uh, "You Got Mail." Got right in the middle of Meg my, Ryan. I, I'm sick of I'm sick of Tom Hanks. Uh, okay. Like, I love Tom Hanks. God, uh, uh, Tom Hanks has been around for a really long time. Yeah. And he's never not worked. Yes. There's always a Tom Hanks movie. Yes. So you you get a little... I'm going to take a break from Tom Hanks. Okay. Because he's so likable. Of and course. He, he's always so good. But he's um uh all always there. Yes. He's always there. Yes. God, I like, and, and that's comforting. Sometimes I need to go away. Yes, you do. Go ahead. Shut up! <laughs> you know I'm allowed out and say, I'm going to talk during the week. So go ahead and hurry up before the nurse comes. Well, what's your second favorite Christmas movie, Thomas? The first 20 minutes of any Scrooge adaptation. Ah, okay. Only, only the, f- the first 20 minutes. Why only the first 20 minutes? Because once the ghost comes... Uh-huh. The shit goes bad for Scrooge. Oh well, yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I, it's it's that conversion. I don't like conversion. To me, it's it's, it's conversion. What they're do you coming mean? in. They're coming in and they're making the guy who doesn't like Christmas like Christmas. And they're, no, they're not making him. They're yeah, making. Yes, him they see. are. They're being invasive. No, they're showing him the errors of his ways they're and letting him decide okay. how he. I use that information. That not liking Christmas or Flag Day or the Fourth of July or National Pancake Day is a flaw in me personally or developmentally or anything. I think it's a matter of uh, taste and choice, and and uh, my choice, my body, my choice. I uh, maintain. Okay. My heading. I maintain. You're not changing me. No, we know that. So, so I don't believe that the change is is real. Oh, you don't believe the change in Scrooge could happen? No, no. Not if he's really. Not if he's really Scrooge. Not if he's like hardcore. Well, even the Grinch has a change of heart. At the yeah, end. and that's why I said at that movie up until the last twenty minutes. Because once he has that change of heart, I don't want any part of the fucking movie. You're- I want. You're such a curmudgeon. I want the Grinch to be Grinchy. I want Scrooge to be Scroogey. And once they change, they have no interest. 
They hold no interest for me. Okay. Okay, thank you. Want to hear my second choice? I can't hardly wait. <laughs> I'm sure you can. My mistletoe. It's a horror movie. It's 1974's Black Christmas. I don't know anything about that. It's directed by Bob Clark. Don't know. The man who made another Christmas movie on my list. Okay, Christmas guy. Uh, he also made Porky's. Can we call him Christmas Bob? Oh, no. I saw Porky's. You saw Porky's, saw right? Porky's. Well, he also made this movie called Black Christmas. Okay. And also starred Olivia Hussey. I think I saw Porky's in the movie theater. You probably did. It was in the 80s. Yeah. Olivia Hussey was in this. Pierre D'Elia. Who? Pierre D'Elia. Don't know who that is. He was in uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Thought it was a she. Okay. Andrea Martin. I love Andrea Martin. She was in this. Uh, she's great. John Saxon. God, she must have been like 30. She was, no, she was, well, she was in her 20s, I think. She's playing a college student. God. John Saxon was in it. And the one and only Margot Kidder. Oh, God. Margot Kidder. Who plays the character of Barb. What basically, she... who's an alcoholic college student. <laughs> what did she do? What do you mean, what did she do? Margot Kidder. Well, off, I think towards the end of her life, she kind of went off. I think she made no, some I'm mental talking about health from, issues. From, from Superman on. Right. She said something, did something, her, what, that... People turned against Margot Kidder. That's what I'm aware of. Yes, I'm sure I'm right. I think she just no. Was she with a lot of created issues. some sort of controversy with her remarks about something sensitive. I don't think so. Oh, I'm noticing we changed the months on the calendar. See, now that is a big, strong, powerful cock right there. Oh, I'm glad you, you know what the problem is. It's it's. It's too far away. The image is too far away. Okay. I get the idea of the marble with the guy on his knees. And this is basically no, nothing like controversial, as uh, she said. She just... Um, Margot Kidder. Was she, she struggled was, with mental health issues. Was she some right-wing crazy person? No, she just had mental health issues. Well, that doesn't make her a right-wing crazy person. No, she died at the age of 69. Well, that's sad. Yeah. Now, there's something about Margot Kidder. Something. Uh, well, she's great in Black Christmas. Okay. She has some of the, the, the funniest lines. She's hysterical. She makes the movie. Okay. And it's a, it's one of the first slasher films. It predates really? Halloween. Yeah. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it takes it, it takes place. Is it? It's about a, sla- about a psychopath hiding out in the attic of this girl's sorority house, uh, on I guess on Christmas Eve or oh, whatever. Oh, Christmas. Yeah. And he's like knocking them all off one by one. And he's a real... Every he calls downstairs. He has his phone up there, and he calls downstairs, and leaves these fucked up phone calls that are really some of them are really fucked up. Okay, okay, okay. In fact, one time we watched this movie. At you remember Joe and Ray? Of You're course. Well, we went over there during the Christmas holidays, and we brought over Black Christmas. I own it on DVD. Because why wouldn't you bring over a slasher <laughs> movie to celebrate the holiday? Right. And in the movie, he has this. He makes this one phone call, and he's like. Agnes, it's me, Billy, and he says all this weird stuff and everything. And we watch the movie and everything, and I decide to go to the bathroom, and I decide to play a practical joke. I call the house phone. You're a dick. And Ray answers it, and I say, Agnes, it's Billy, and he freaks. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I had to friends it. unless you can torture them. Yes, exactly. So what's your third favorite Christmas movie, Thomas? Okay, I will say this because I think it is just a really good movie. Okay. A Christmas Story. Yes, that's on my list as well. I like Made that Made by movie. Bob Clark. 
Is it? The same director as Black Christmas and Porky's. Okay. I, I, I like, I think that movie works as a movie. I think Christmas is not central to it. As I mean, everything about it is Christmas. Yes. It's Christmas time. He wants this gift for Christmas. Yes. The family is preparing for Christmas. They yeah. have Christmas. It's all about Christmas. Uh, to me, that happens to be the time of year that it's happening. In this particular story, it's not Christmas. is not the focus. Yeah. Despite the fact that in every conceivable way, including the title, Christmas is the focus. Yeah. Uh, I can, I, I, it's a I like of that age movie. I like a coming of age story too, you know? I, I, I think it's hilarious. I think it has a sense of humor. It's very funny. And yeah. it tells a story that, that's worth seeing. It's yes, very funny. Definitely. Very funny. I agree. I love the fact that they play for 24 hours on Christmas Eve. Oh, well, they, you can market it forever. It's right. It's called a Christmas story for fuck's yeah. sake. Um, a bunch of iconic images: the the lamp, the leg lamp, yep. the, the whole fragility. Like a fragility. It must be. It must be Italian. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more. So, I'm trying to center it in the window with her hating it, and she breaks it. His yep. cursing. Uh, the little the, when the, the kid says fuck and she calls the other mother and you can hear the other yes. mother beating the kid over the phone um, it's just funny it's, it's you know the Chinese people singing Christmas carols you know what I understand <laughs> they can't play that now no they can't that part is considered yeah what do you feel about that like honestly how do you feel about that Yes, it, it is making fun of them for their pronunciation of it, it English absolute, words, it you know? absolutely is. It is, but I'm sorry, in the context of the movie, it's very cute it's, and, and endearing in a way, it you is know? Not, I, I don't think it's... Except for the fact that it exists in itself. I don't think it's mean-spirited. It's not mean-spirited. It's, to me, it's like these people are taking part in the Christmas holiday with this family that got stuck there because their dinner got ruined. They have characters that lead them to that moment. Like they, yes. they're, they're kitchen help, and they're people, in there, but they're recognizable, and you know who they are. And I don't know. There's some of that. It's I'm a, like, what are you losing by taking the ability to laugh at yourself and each other yes. away? You know, I think you get. I don't know. I, I go ahead. Well, being that we both agreed on that one, what's your fourth? I don't have any more. You don't have no, any more? No, I don't. I don't have any more favorite Christmas movies. What a shame. You. Well, then I have at least two more. Well, then. you go ahead. You you know what? I, go ahead. Do your two more. My the, the, the number fourth one is 1988, starred Bill Murray and Karen Allen. I have no idea. Scrooged. 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 Okay. You never saw it? No. I can't believe you've never seen Scrooged. Okay, okay. You you'd love it. Bill Murray I plays doubt it. this. He plays a TV executive, and he's producing this worldwide live Christmas Carol event with Buddy Hackett playing Scrooge. That's hilarious. There, you have to see. There's Buddy Hackett in the movie. Yeah, he's in it. Mary Lou Retton is in it, playing Tiny Tim. Mary Lou Retton doesn't appeal to me in a movie. <laughs> That's the whole point. She's an Olympic gymnast. Mary Lou Retton bouncing over a horse. That I want to see. Jamie Farr is in it. Jamie Farr is hilarious. They do a promo where Santa Claus is in some action movie and Lee Majors comes to rescue him. <laughs> Did they play the bionic man? Well, he was the $6 million. Yeah, the she was the bionic woman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that music. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But it's basically, it's a retelling of A Christmas Carol, but it's in contemporary setting. Okay. 
You'd love it. It's hysterical. Scrooged. Yeah, it's like a very dark. It's very dark humor that you kind of, kind of want done to you only like once or twice. Scrooged. Well, that's what I think it was playing off of. Yeah, yeah. But it's great. Bobcat Goldthwait is in it. John Forsythe's in it. Uh, David Johansson. John Forsythe. Carol Kane from is C- from TV's Dynasty. Yeah. Oh. Jesus. He, he, who are you so excited about? Uh, Carol Kane is in it. Car- I like Carol. She Kane. plays the ghost of Christmas Present. I like Carol Kane. In she's excellent in this. Taxi. I've seen her, pictures of her as the ghost of Christmas. Oh, something. she's great. The ghost of Christmas who is present. she? Present. Yep. Oh, did she, and her segment's hysterical with uh, her and Bill Murray. I, I like A Christmas Story. I like I like uh, that story. Okay. I like telling that story. Okay. I think it's endlessly fascinating. I think you can do endless things. Because it's a ghost story. Yes. You can, you can, that's another one where Christmas can become sort of incidental. Yeah. To it, except, uh, but it's, it can't because it's all about the fucking Christmas. Of course. But I like, I like, I, I like that story. I like telling that story. I very much like directed a Christmas, like directing a Christmas Carol. All right. Well, I would recommend watching this movie. No, okay. you're going to like it. There's no way I'm going to watch it. You're going to like it. I Trust me. Go ahead. My last one is a 1994 movie. Oh. So modern. With the kind of crappy title of The Ref. Okay. It starred Dennis Leary. Okay. Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis. What do you think we should do about Kevin Spacey? There's nothing to be done about Kevin Spacey. Done. He's done. Oh, I'm not saying he's done. He'll be back within five to ten years. You think so? Mel Gibson is. Mel Gibson was only anti-Semitic. Well, that's enough. Yeah. He was anti-Semitic, misogynist, uh, and he's still getting work. But Kevin... Kevin... Kevin Spacey hasn't had any work since no, all this happened, as no, far as no, I know. No, no, he hasn't, but... Uh, it's little. It's it's young men. It's it's boys with Kevin Spacey and. Not... Well, it was it was one young man. It was Anthony Rapp when he was underage. Yeah. There were other accusations, but I don't know if they were. I don't think they were underage men, uh, underage boys. Oh, Anthony, okay. I think I think only Rapp was the only one. But the other ones, there are other ones who are alleging sexual misconduct from Kevin Spacey. Yeah, it's amazing. But Democrats are going to run. They they hear an accusation like that, they run. Of course, they get in their hole and they hide like they should. And Republicans have, and they president. embrace it. They run for president. Yep. They embrace it. It's amazing. I know. Fascinating. But back to the movie. I love this segment. Best Christmas movies. Well, this one you'd like, because it's really an anti-Christmas movie. Okay. It's all about this thief, and he played by Dennis Leary. He breaks into homes and stuff, and he gets caught sort of in his one home and gets caught in his whole neighborhood. They have a curfew. They shut the whole town down, and he ends up taking... Kevin Spacey and Judy D- Davis hostage. All right. They're this couple that are I going I saw to... Judy Davis in something. I don't know what. Did she ever play Judy Garland? She may. Yes, I believe she did. Go ahead. Sorry. And they're playing this couple that are in marriage counseling, and they're constantly arguing right. the whole time. And so he's holding them hostage, and they have family coming to visit, and they didn't want to blow his cover, and hijinks ensue. Uh, and yes. It's a very anti-Christmas movie. The hilarity and it's it's basically when families get together and families don't like each other at Christmas yeah. time. Why do we? Do That's that? what a lot of this movie is. Is it necessary that we do that? What? Like force ourselves to be with people who make us unhappy, or force you shouldn't people force who yourself to do that to be with us. You shouldn't force yourself to spend it with people you don't want to spend it with. You don't understand the Christmas holidays at all. I suspect that. <laughs> 
But I see. I enjoy spending it with my family. I don't have any family that I dislike spending the holidays with. Well, you're an odd Irishman. I guess I am. Because most Irishmen I know, there's somebody they don't want to talk to. <laughs> well, there are people like that, but they're not. Now, my, they're not family. my family. Okay, they're not my family. There's the north. There's two different sides of Ireland. Because <laughs> my island, no, no, and it, the cut is clean. Bam, clean, clean, Done. clean. There's no lingering. There's no no you do, you if you're out you're out that's it yep sorry it's okay go ahead Who's we back? now come to our final segment are we still doing the podcast thing yes we still are holy fuck this and is... we're now in the final segment the grumpy old gay men gripe of the week Christmas trees that's your gripe this week fuck Christmas trees why it is why. Why? What about this holiday? The birth of Christ, the birth of Christ your Savior. Why must you take a pine tree and put it in drag in the middle of your living room? Why? Fuck you, Christmas trees. They're stupid. They're they're stupid. They're frequently very pretty. Ernie does a beautiful Christmas tree. Yes, he does. Beautiful Christmas tree. Uh uh Chris Chris and what's his name? Chris and Oh god. Scott? No. Not from Jersey. They're on the other end. They got Camp Cocktail out backyard. Chris and Steve? Chris No. Oh, he's the beautiful guy. Oh, uh not Tom. No. I don't know. I don't know. Uh Chris Chris Beautiful. Beautiful Christmas trees. Four of them in the house. Okay. Go fuck yourself. You and your uh, I said to you as a child had a traumatic experience involving a Christmas tree it and was your ne- intense dislike of them. There was no joy around it. Okay. Setting it up was always there was a it was a fake tree. Okay. It was the same tree, I think, ever. Like it was that that tree. Um she was a crazy person about my 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 mother. Okay. It was never a happy thing. Okay. Plus it's a pointless thing. It's absolute Patrick, you look at me like but it it's absolutely pointless. It has nothing to do with the actual birth of the person we're talking about. Okay. Okay? It it bears no resemblance to anything in that story, except maybe the angel on the top. And really, you want to sit an angel on the top of a tree? It's kind of gross. Okay. I I don't know. I don't like Chris. I don't like like it. That's my gripe. I'm sick of seeing them. They're everywhere. They're in every fucking window. They're hanging on on street lamps outside whole towns. I don't... I don't like it. Okay. Christmas trees. That's my great Christmas trees. Wow. Close your curtains. I don't have to see that. Wow. I'm walking my dog so he can shit. I need to see your Christmas tree? Yeah, no. Sorry to hear you have such a tip in hostility towards Christmas trees. My God. It's the kind... You know what it is? It's the kind of thing that's not... It's the open hostility that never goes away because it is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Okay, unless it's part of the holiday. It's, it's a cultural tradition. Dates yes. back hundreds of years. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the Christmas tree. You don't like the Christmas tree? I do not like the Christmas tree. Do, I think, do you I, like the Christmas wreaths? I do not. Well, no, no. I think wreaths okay. are pretty. I think for Christmas, you want to put a red bow instead of a yellow, like, you know, you want to you want to put some tinsel, something cute. You want to do something, um, you know, that, 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 uh, harvest into 
the cold weather. Right. And, okay, that's warming and nice and cute, and I like that. Okay. Well, very much like a frog and toad Christmas. Okay. That's very warm and comforting, and, and that's nice. So you know, why- I don't need to kill a palm tree. And 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 put it as the first one voted off the island. You don't have to kill the tree. You can get artificial uh, yeah, trees. Whatever you want. We have an you, artificial you, tree. I gotta move my furniture. I gotta. The cat's in it. No. You no, just I, you're just a pooper. You're just a big poophead on Christmas. Yes. Jeez. Uh, yes, and it, it you know it actually has. Uh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> People don't like it. When you tell them you don't like Christmas. Because it's a, a generally joyous time of year. I, I don't think time of year... I don't think I, I don't think joyousness should be scheduled. I think if you follow a schedule for joyousness, the joyousness is bound to become false. Okay. And but you I, see, Christmas is more than just about it being a Christian holiday. It's an end-of-year festival. It's a winter festival. You know, you can celebrate those aspects of it. I, 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 I understand. I, I you can celebrate it as part of the whole cycle of life. It become and then it becomes this whole thing about the war on Christmas, which I think is probably going to be next week. Well, that's right? manufactured crap. It's bullshit. Yeah, there is no uh, because, war on because Christmas because the Christmas tree isn't manufactured crap. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's my gripe of the week: Christmas trees. What's okay. Your well, I had a gripe, but it turns out I don't have a gripe. Why not? Well, my gripe was going to be about that I thought, see, we have this park across the street from our house, and there's a front gate on it. And the village is in control of the park, allegedly. And they're the ones who are supposed to unlock the gate in the morning. Describe the park. It's this. It's it's a park on a corner of a residential neighborhood in, in suburban Farmingdale, Long Island. Yes. It's about the size of any of the... Ha- Plots of land that I'd any say, of the yeah, houses are like on. three or four houses. It, it's, a, it's a small on the corner public park that's surrounded by gates and it's uh, the surrounded by fence and gated and locked. Yes, and you for since you've lived here, yes, has have had a key. Yes, I and, the, I and a few neighbors have had a key to the park, so you could lock it at night. Yes, because uh, apparently the town's employees only work. A certain amount of uh, eight hours a day, and I guess with the sun sets, especially in the spring and the summer, beyond that, so there's no one here to lock the park. So I, we were giving keys. To the I park. don't think it's a bad idea to give the neighbors the keys. No, it's not. In I certain just, circumstances, the only problem is the town doesn't. They were supposed to like unlock the park in the morning, and they stopped doing that altogether. So basically, it's me and a few neighbors who were now uh-huh. opening and closing the park up now. Okay. And it's a village park. Yeah. Just, okay. So this morning, I saw an employee. I saw him finagling with the lock and stuff. And I went to go try it before with the key, and it, the key wasn't fitting. So I wrote to my board, the village board member that I know, and said, what's the story? She wrote back to me and said, uh, they didn't change the lock. Huh. So I don't have a gripe. I just can't fuck, I just can't fit a key. You don't know how to work key-o. a fucking key. <laughs> I'm gonna, after we get done here, I'm going to go try it again to make sure. You're an embarrassment. Yes, I am. That's, oh, God. <laughs> That's, that is, and you know what? That shows commitment to the process because for you to expose yourself as such an idiot <laughs> on national web vision, <laughs> I think is very strong and brave. Oh, thank you so much. That's, yeah. Greatly yeah. appreciate that vote of confidence. Asshole. You're, you're like... <laughs> The only person who gets less email than like the town the town board <laughs> member 
for block one through four is me. Like, nobody gets less email. I, I, I okay, so what are we doing now? What's next? This, this now this brings show? us to the conclusion of our show today. We're done? We are done. We want to thank our producer, Stephen Prendergast, as always. Yeah. Always. Our episodes are available on Spotify, Spotify. Stitcher, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Apple. iTunes, iTunes, Amazon Music, Amazon Music. Google Podcasts, Google. and many other podcast providers. Uh, you can also go to our website, www.grumpyoldgamen.com. We have our episodes posted there. Like or dot org or something. Because we're not an educational organization oh, and we're not we? a charity, no. Oh, aren't we? Oh, though? but aren't we, though? And we're not a charity? No. Oh. We're just charity cases. Aren't we, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I ruined your, your rhythm. But on our website, we have a blog where we post not only links to our episodes, but now we're posting bonus material for our episodes. We have bonus material? Yes, like when we talked about Sondheim last week, so I posted links to some of his musicals. Oh, bonus material. Yeah. And this week, I'll probably post some links to some Eli Wallach films or a Ted Knight Caddyshack clip. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Where is this? This is on the This is on our website. Oh, this is where I don't have an email address. Yeah, that's correct. But I do at Patrick at grumpyoldgameandtheirdogs.com. You can always email me there. You can also contact us on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. So post a review, post a comment. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, bye, bitches. And this concludes oh, tonight's episode season. of Grumpy Old Game Men and Their Dogs. We'd like to wish you all a good night, a good week, and well, we'll see you next week. Maybe. Bye. Mercury's hot too. You're not going to say bye, bitches. I said bye, bitches. Oh, I missed it. I didn't even say it. You came in with the the, the radio voice. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no. We'll do it in the radio voice now, okay? We're saying goodbye now. Goodbye. Bye, bitches! (laughs) Saturn's got those icy rings. You're insane. Thank you. spins on its side. Neptune's really windy. And Pluto's really small. It's called a dwarf planet. We We wanted wanted to name the planets, planets, and now we've named them all. all.